This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? <laughs> oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank that. you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree on something here. <laughs> From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergeff. Hey, thanks for joining us for the podcast uh, once again today on these Thursdays. We talk with the voice of the Golden Gophers, uh, Mike Grimm from the Twin Cities area and uh, Grimmer. Well, uh, you know, uh, kind of uh, some sad news for you. Your your guy Spencer Tollickson has decided to step away uh, from the radio broadcasts a little bit. Uh, he was on your Go Go for podcast, and you guys uh, talked about that. and And uh, he's been a great partner for you. It's been quite a relationship. Yeah, yeah. You know, we have struck up to be really good friends. You know, away from the broadcast as well. You spend so much time with somebody over the course of a. Of a, a fall and a winter, and um, it's been fun watching him literally kind of grow up into uh, you know a, a young guy uh, just out of college when he first started, literally one year out of college to now he's I think he's 37 years old. He's mm-hmm. married. He's got two young kids, which is the main um, you know is really why he initiated this move was so he could spend more time with kids. I, I think uh, a lot of people don't um, remember or don't um, understand the idea of. Um, you know, that's not a full-time job. Yeah. Um, you know, even, even my job is the gopher play-by-play guy. Um, I'm also the sports director of the Minnesota News Network. You know, it's just, um, that's the, the lay of the land is it's yep. not, you know, it's not lucrative enough that you can just make a living on that. I wish it was, believe me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but, you know, that, that's what, um, that, that, you know, they're, they're, the beauty of it is that it's a, it's a rewarding and fun job because you yeah. get to go to cool places. And anyway, so, um, he has another job. Uh, that has become a little more demanding as he's kind of moved up the food chain within that job. And his kids are now seven and five. They're starting to get active in events. And um, between the that job and the gopher job, there was not a lot of time for the kids and the wife. And he, um, it, it, we, I could kind of see it coming even heading into last year. Um, you know, we had had a couple of talks about it. So when when he ultimately made the decision, that my only thing to him is, who he, as we had talked about it over the years, was. Uh, you know, just just give us some time. Don't don't lay it on us two weeks before the start of the season. So sure. he was kind kind in that regard. And um, next, we have not reached out to anybody um, uh, yet. I think next week we'll probably start. Um, uh, you know, working on on what uh, what the future holds in that in that seat. Uh, what, just after college, so you had you called his games then, right? I mean, uh, when when yeah. he was at the Gophers, yeah. and then so yeah. you. Got to know him then, interviewing him and so forth, and thought he'd make a, a good guy next to you. How did that work? Yeah, yeah. Basically, there was a couple of things. So, yeah, my first year here, he was a junior on okay. the team. So, mm-hmm. um, so I called his last two years, and um, and then when I got here, um, I uh, had uh, Kevin Lynch as a partner, and then Kevin, um, after two years, um, he moved over to the Timberwolves. Um, if you remember when Alan Horton got hired, um, they, um, they, they, it was a two man crew forever with yeah. the Wolves. Even when Chad Hartman was there, they would, I think they had Billy McKinney and some other guys kind of rotating through there. Um, and the, uh, um, he, he, Kevin Lynch went over to the Wolves to, to do radio for them. Uh, it was more games, more money, and um, as it turned out, the Wolves then made a change a couple of years after he took that job and, and, and told, in a cost-cutting move, they told Alan Horton he'd be working solo. So Kevin 
um, you know, unfortunately got kind of snipped there. However, he ended up, and he still is on the TV. Uh, you know, he does not every game, but he'll do games where he's on the on the uh, you know the pregame and postgame desk, the analyst that way. Yeah. So he he has stayed in it anyway. Um, so I had him for two years, and then if you remember Don Zierden, who was the head coach of the the Minnesota Lynx before Cheryl Reeve, okay, um, and and he was a longtime flip assistant at the Wolves and and at other places. Um, because the link seasons in the summer, um, he was able to do a season with me, and then um, Flip got the Washington Wizards job and uh, pulled him from the links back into the NBA. So I only had him for a year. So yeah, Spencer was out of school for a year, um, and we had we, we actually had some auditions there. We had some other people in, and what we liked about Spencer was um, his one. He was the only candidate that actually played for Tubby Smith, who was the coach at the time, and we thought he could offer some unique perspective because. Sure. Um, he actually played for the head coach, and Tubby liked him. And um, and then in the audition, he was really good. And um, he, he was pretty good right off the bat, but he really learned um, the broadcast part of the job as as you know as he got into it more. Um, you know the the uh, preparation, the um, how much work goes into it, um, the you know just kind of the different ideas. And quite frankly, he got into um, into the preparation enough. Um, I always joke with him that if I ever uh, you know, missed a game or uh, if we were on a road trip and, you know, I keeled over dead, he could probably handle the play-by-play on it. He really he really did do a good job of working, and I think he probably could have done that. So, you know, he, he I, th- I thought he grew uh, very much, very quickly. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so 14 seasons uh, Spencer and I were together yeah. on the radio. Um, and so now we'll uh, we'll look uh, we'll start looking next week into um, you know obviously it's I shouldn't say obviously most likely it'll be another of a former Gopher and um, you know the certain things have to work they got to be local um, got to travel with the team got to be willing to travel got to try to you know make all the games you know so there's, yeah it, it, it it's not as easy as you think um, I feel kind of lucky that Spencer's able to to hang with it for 14 seasons you know. Yeah, no doubt. You get a partner like that and work with them, as as I know too. I've worked with a lot of color guys uh, on the radio as well, and you you find the right one and it fits, and you want it just to go on until you're not yeah. doing it anymore. But it that doesn't yeah. happen very often. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you spend you know for us these these trips are you know it's really a, a, a day and a half trip. You fly out the day before a game, um, so you're there the night before the game. Yeah. And then and then we fly back the night of the game. So let's say you're playing at Ohio State on a Wednesday, and the game gets done at ten ten at night. Um, we're we're lucky in the sense that we we fly back that night with the team. So you know we're home by midnight or one the night of the game. But the night before the game, you know we um, we just got into this routine. We would um, you know we're familiar with most of the stops because you go to you know you're going to a city fourteen times over the course of a of a career or whatever. You're, you're going to find some hangouts that you like some restaurants that you like and we certainly had our favorites and um yeah we would we would um, share a lot of time together um and and a lot of it just just good fellowship too you know so yeah, yeah. No um, but I, I could see as the, as the years were going on he it was um uh his sales he, he sells software uh security stuff so that your identity doesn't get stolen to, to companies um, so that they don't get breached and those kind of things, and that's a big deal. And his 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 role is increased, and uh, we'd be on road trips. And what used to be like the day of the game, we'd have lunch and we'd have you know we'd we'd talk about the broadcast and we'd do things. He was he was holed up in his room for the whole day making sales calls and grinding, and um, and then you know there was a lot of time on FaceTime with his kids who who missed him. 
And so you, I could just kind of see that it was uh, it was taking a toll. Yeah, no doubt. Well, you'll find somebody good, I'm sure. Good luck to Spencer Tollickson. We've enjoyed listening to him uh, over the years. Uh, one thing that the Pac-12 isn't enjoying is the fact that it's pro- it's not a conference anymore. Uh, it's yeah. just been completely dismantled. Uh, you know, you've been talking about this. College uh, athletic observers have been for a while wondering when it might happen. Not that the Pac-12 would have a demise, but when would we start seeing the Big Ten and the SEC become super conferences. But the Big the Pac, uh, the Big 12 has also thrown their hat in the ring, Grimmer, as being one of those super conferences. Uh, so, you know, who knows? Maybe it's three super conferences instead of only two. But the Pac-12 looks to be done, unfortunately. Yeah, and I think the ACC is, is probably on deck as to yep. the next one to kind of have a have a breakup where, you know, teams will splinter and go their own ways. And there's going to be teams the Big Ten will want. There's going to be teams the SEC will want. There's likely going to be a couple of teams the Big 12 might want. And like you say, it could be three kind of 20 to 24 team super conferences. It it all seems kind of bizarre to me. And then there could be a couple leftovers. I mean, uh, we we talked about it, you know, even before the Pac-12 blew up uh, you know Oregon State and Washington State were probably in trouble yep. um, they're probably going to have to you know I don't know what they're going to do because the the theory was well they'll they'll just join the the Mountain West mm-hmm. and it's probably a better fit quite frankly for them competitive wise and um, you know they'll be the big dogs or one of the big dogs in that league however um, nobody really predicted the Pac-12 would just totally disintegrate so there's a real working theory that the likely outcome of this whole thing might be that the four leftovers from the Pac-12, uh, those two plus Stanford and Cal, could just join with the Mountain West now. Uh-huh. And that would make a 20-team West Coast kind of league. And the Mountain West conferences, that's New Mexico where Richard Patino's at, San Jose State where Tim Miles is at, you know, UNLV, San Diego State's kind of been the class of that league in basketball. Uh, UNLV is kind of the big name that everyone wants to go visit. Um, I'm trying to think Colorado State's in that league, you know, so you would add those four. And and I even saw an interesting uh, comment from one of the major reporters who, you know, covers the national, um, you know, the NCAA, the national college sports scene. He, he, he predicted that they would do that and take the Pac-12 name. Uh, because you know the you know that's the conference of champions. I mean, that's <laughs> right. the league. I mean that's that's a branding. You know that that's seventy plus years of branding there. You know the although it used to be what the Pac eight, then it was yep. the Pac ten, the twelve. But anyway, you, you understand yep. um, that that the theory might be that the Pac twelve, even though it's kind of disintegrated, would would take on those sixteen Mountain West teams. Um, add the four that they have left and still call themselves the Pac-12. Mountain West would probably run it and all that stuff. But um, anyway, I think that, that there, that's an interesting working theory as well. And who knows where it will go and who knows if that yeah. will be how it turns out. Um, but boy, oh boy, it's, uh, you're right. It's, it's crazy. And the ACC, they were uh, allegedly having a vote yesterday to potentially add Stanford and Cal. And I'm like, how, you know, you're saying Miami uh, of Florida would play regular season games against um, Stanford. Yeah. To, to fly, you know, whatever that is, 3,000-plus miles across country. Um, and, you know, it could be a, uh, you know, it could be a, uh, you know, a baseball game or a, uh, a volleyball match. It just seems strange. So we'll see where Stanford and Cal end up. Washington State and, and, and Oregon State are also in the, you know, kind of wondering. They're a little less 
attractive, no no offense to them probably, than Stanford and Cal. And and the ACC, when and if it breaks up, will also have some issues because um, there's, there's going to be, you know, the, the crown jewels will be, you know, North Carolina, Virginia, Miami of Florida, Florida State, Clemson, um, Georgia Tech, because of where it's located in the biggest city in the south, um, will likely be um, attractive to some leagues. And then... Um, and then you also got like Wake Forest, small market. Um, NC State kind of gets lost in the Duke North Carolina thing. Do they do they bring enough to the table that the conference is going to you know um, want to split the pie with them? Because at the end of the day, that that's going to be part of the equation. That'll probably be all the equation. You know, do you bring in? That's the Oregon State and, and Washington State's problem is that you're you're a conference and you're like, okay, we bring them in. Um, and give them a full share of the TV revenue, every other school now is going to make less. So if you're bringing schools in, they're going to have to be able to, to be worth enough that when you, when you give them the share, they're bringing in more than a share. Yeah. Um, and so, um, and in fact, Washington and Oregon going into the Big Ten was a little bit of an upset because the, the, the economists in the, in the business, the, the people that follow the business side mm-hmm. of it were like, they, they're even with Seattle, and uh, Portland and, and some of the cities, and it's a regional deal, um, it, it was unlikely that they were going to bring in enough revenue that schools would make more. They would probably take a smaller piece of the pie. However, um, those two schools agreed to not take full shares for a while. Here. Wow. They're just going to get you know, a fraction of what the other schools in the Big Ten will get. It was still going to be more than what the Pac-12 media deal on the table was going to be um and so yeah it's just it's just nuts it's all tv it's all money and um and here we are and um i don't know if you asked me this last week or not i've answered this question a ton people ask what i think of it and my theory um you know we grew up in a time uh when to me the rose bowl was the biggest deal that was the big thing i was i was nine i grew up in iowa as we talked about it i was nine years old when the hawkeyes went to the rose bowl with hayden fry that first time then they went when i was 14 then they went when I was 19. So that that just captured me. I'm like, the Rose Bowl is the deal. And yep. so um, to me, that was what the Big Ten was about, the granddaddy of them all. And even now with the Gophers, um, 2019 was so close. Even last year, if you, if you win a couple of different games, you might weasel your way into a trip to Pasadena. So it's heartbreaking that neither of those years you're able to do it. And now the Rose Bowl is done as we know it, right? There's just um, with the 12-team playoff, it's going to become a quarterfinal game. This year it's a playoff semifinal game. So to make it, you have to make the playoffs. And so as we grew up knowing the Rose Bowl, it's over. So my my, my selfishness, I, I, you know, I know other people have different opinions, and I'm not even going to fight anybody on it. My opinion now is the Rose Bowl is over. Like, like, like yeah. that is out um, whether there was expansion or not, that was going to be out. So with that tradition over, I'm now at the point of my life, I'm 52, um, bring on everybody. I'm, I'm looking forward to a trip to Seattle. Like, I've been to West Lafayette enough. Yeah, you know, I've been right, to Champaign right. enough. Like, like just from a totally selfish standpoint, like, yeah, yeah, you know, um, to bring in North Carolina. Let's go to Chapel Hill for a basketball game. You yeah, know, bring yeah. in. Uh, Miami of Florida, although I've been there for basketball. Let's go do a football game in Miami, you know. Let, let's do a game at Husky Stadium in Washington where it's right on the water um, and and just create experiences. I'm, I'm at that point now that, you know, the tradition's already gone with the Rose Bowl, so, um, you know, let, let's go visit a few new places. Yeah. I get a lot of people in Minnesota don't have the access to – 
to get to do that. It, it, but then again, it's not like a bunch of Gopher fans are flocking to uh, Champaign to watch the basketball game on a Tuesday night in February. Right. So that's right. um, anyway, that that that's that's my selfish look at it. Is I'm 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 now with the Rose Bowl blown up, basically as we know it. I'm in favor of expansion because it gives <laughs> it selfishly gives me some new places to go visit. <laughs> hey, you know, to me, it seems like Stanford and Cal are a natural fit now for the Big Ten. I know they're rumoring them uh, going to the ACC, but as you chronicled, that makes no sense. Uh, Besides, the Big Ten would love to have those two premier academic institutions in the Big Ten. They fit certainly with that part of it. Yeah, I think that the the, the issue, there's going to be a couple of issues. One, they'd have to take a a, a much smaller share, and are they willing to do that? And then two, there's going to, even though the thing, you know, they're growing, the leagues, there is still going to be probably 24 is the most you can go. And so the Big Ten, because Stanford and Cal, while they're wonderful institutions and they're, and they're in a ripe market, right? I mean, San Francisco, Oakland, yep. San Jose, that, that market's a, you know, one of the, I think a top five market in the country. So if you could get the Big Ten network cleared on some of those channels, but that's probably, but, but you just, you don't know if that's the case because that's part of why the Pac 12 was such a, a low media deal. They, they, nobody wanted to carry the Pac-12 channel out there, so there's just so little interest in college sports. Um, so to bring them in, would you would you gain anything from a revenue standpoint? Uh, and the answer might be no. And I so see. that that's that's the holdup. Um, however, uh, the other thing that I think the Big Ten now has to wait on before they fill two more spots of a limited supply of slots is if this if this um, ACC breaks up, it's it, it seems. That Notre Dame, and now they're not a full ACC member, but remember they play ACC um, schedules and everything except football. Yep. Um, so, and and with the college football playoff worded the way it is right now, at some point uh, Notre Dame may have to join the league. So as the ACC starts breaking up, Notre Dame becomes a potential, uh, uh, you know, candidate to become a member of the Big Ten. And then the crown jewels are North Carolina. The Big Ten would love North Carolina. They would love Virginia. Two bellwether public academic institutions, um, you know, with major name brands. Uh, Miami would uh, open up the Florida market. You know, I don't know about Georgia Tech, but, you know, to me, just them being in Atlanta makes them attractive as a potential revenue maker. So there's a lot of all of a sudden, if you take Stanford and Cal, that's two more spots, and you may not make money on that spot, and then – the ACC breaks up, and you're like, oh, man, we could have had North Carolina. Uh, so I think we're going to be in a waiting game for a minute. This is just my own pure speculation. I think sure. we're going to be in a waiting game, and I think that's why Cal and Stanford are in a real difficult spot right now. Uh, um, Stanford probably has the wherewithal with their athletic department overall. They could uh, you know, they, they, they could probably play an independent schedule like Notre Dame does for mm-hmm. football and then try to get into you know that Mountain West for the other sports. They could probably play Mountain West football too, but – if they feel ambitious, um, I haven't heard something as crazy as Cal may just say to hell with it. We're going to go D three, you know, because they're really? such an academic institution with, yeah. with not a lot of emphasis on athletics. Quite honestly, yeah. they've had a couple of runs. Um, to, you know, um, uh, what, what was the running back name? Marshawn Lynch and yeah. Aaron Rodgers and some. You know, they, they had some some good teams with Jeff Tedford as coach, but they've been not very good. Uh, you know, the last 10, 12 years. So yeah. who knows, right? Yeah. I mean, we, we, it, it's, but it, it will be a talker. There's no doubt for a yeah. long time. Grimmer, thanks so much. I appreciate it. We'll talk next week. Okay. Sounds good, Todd. I always enjoy it. Thank you.
voice of the Golden Gophers, and the sports director at MNN, Mike Grimm, here on the Todd and Friends podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.